Good morning, everyone. Let's go ahead and open in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We ask that you would go ahead and open up your word to us, Lord, that you would teach us, that you would help us to understand how to apply it to our lives as we leave this place. And so, Lord, uh, we can't do any of this on our own. We ask that you would, Holy Spirit, come and fill us, that we'd be able to understand the word and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm so excited. We're starting up our um, uh, story of going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We're very excited today, continuing on in Genesis chapter 24, the story of Isaac and Rebecca, a beautiful love story. Well, how many of you uh, like to watch movies or movie freaks? Raise your hand. Anybody here? No? I always thought a really cool job would be to go to the movies and be one of those, you know, reviewers and stuff. It's like we paid to do that, right? That'd be pretty cool. Um, maybe I should do that. Uh, there's too many junk movies out there, you know? <laughs> it's like 90% of every movie out there is so junk. Yeah? So uh, how many of you like action movies? Action movies? This is more guys. No, but... I see, no, there's a lot of women out there that like action movies. My wife likes action movies. For me, when I go see Transformers, I fall asleep. I don't know what it is, but I just, I, it's just like I need more of a plot. I need, you know, it's like all the, and shooting, it's like, it, it puts me out. Okay, sure thing, every time. Now, how many of you like romantic movies, love stories, all right, sappy what they would call chick flicks. Any guys raising their hands? It's okay, guys. Be honest. You're in church. Oh, Neil. All right. Jared. Yeah, I know you like the notebook. Jared saying that was his favorite movie. So, oh, John. John Johnson likes Titanic. I know you're telling me about that. It's okay. It's fine to admit it here. We're all, we don't judge you, John. Okay. So, we are very excited to go through the love story today of Isaac and Rebekah. And remember, Isaac was the son of Abraham, the promised son of Abraham. We're going on to see uh, what has happened in his life. Well, uh, before we get to that love story, uh, have you heard of the love story of Max and Vanessa? Oh, it's, it's steamy. I can't tell all of it. But, uh, you know, it, it's a cute love story because this guy, Max, he walked into the wrong office looking for a job. And the wrong office he walked into hired him for a job. Okay? That's a whole other story. And they, he shared an office with this beautiful young girl going to UH Law School named Vanessa. Jan Jordan. And... You know, he would bug her at every chance he could. She'd walk by. He'd say, hey, can you help me with this? No luck. No. Henny, excuse me for that. No, no. Gave him the cold shoulder for a few months now. Playing hard to get, right? But, but, on the last day, she wrote me a little note. Well, Vanessa wrote Max a little note. <laughs> Call me sometime. Let's go surfing. And, oh, right, yeah. And I always add in there, although she didn't, I always say, and you put the XOXO. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got to know each other. It was so much fun just um, as we're uh, getting to know one another. And I would take her flowers. She lived at the East West Center at UH. And I would 
drop her off, you know, a flower with you know, just flowers and just, it was just really cool and uh, trying to win her heart. And, uh, you know, I would say, okay, let's take you up on that surfing uh, date. And she, she kind of still didn't want to have anything to do with me. And so I would have to find out from my other friends who were going to law school, hey, where's Vanessa going to be this weekend? So I'd show up at random law school picnics. <laughs> Remember one night I was sitting on my couch and it was about 10.30 and I knew from my spies around town, it's Christian stalking what, is it, what it is. And, you know, I said, oh, I, I got word that Vanessa's going to be out night surfing in Waikiki. So I'm sitting on my couch and I'm thinking, okay, it's like now or never. Lord, should I do it? You know? Yep, sure enough, I, I remember picking up my board, running, putting on my car real fast and I paddle out there. And I'm sitting there in the moonlight, she's with her friends, and I'm like, what are you doing out here? <laughs> and good thing, because it was from that night on, she said, that's when I started liking you. Woo! And uh, then I would take her food, because she was like starving over there at law school, and I'd bring her lunches, and I think uh, it, Neil went through a lot of that with Kareen, and uh, we... We uh, just really fell in love. And uh, God called Vanessa to marry me, and she didn't want to at first, but then she obeyed the Lord. She trusted the Lord. She obeyed God. And because of that, her life has been blessed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's re in reality, you know, Bill. <laughs> it's the other way around. <laughs> And there's two sides to the story. So we got married on the uh, 143, right? Uh, so it was January 2000, what, uh, what, January? <laughs> January 4th, 2003. You know, pager language, 143, you guys, I don't know, yeah. So we're very excited in Waimanalo and on a beach right there. And it was just really a beautiful day. And uh, Vanessa is really an amazing woman. I'm definitely the blessed one. And we've been married almost 14 years now. Praise the Lord. We have three children, Miley, Sky, and Cruz. And together as a family and as a marriage, we know it's not easy. Marriage is not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of trusting the Lord, trusting one another, obeying the Lord, just living by faith and taking these steps of faith. But because the Lord has given us the grace to do that, we've grown closer to Him. You know, I always say when doing marriage counseling, Jesus is at the top, and you're over here, and you're over here. And if you base your marriage on Jesus in the middle, then you'll grow closer like a triangle, right? And I feel like we really have grown closer together uh, over the almost 14 years. Our family has been blessed. Our relationship with God has been uh, growing closer and closer. And I believe that... Um, you know, our relationships with other people, friends who know the Lord, of course, family, church, but also people who are outside the family of God, relationships with them. God has answered so many of our prayers, but there's still so much that we are desiring or dreaming about and praying about and seeking the Lord, just like all of us, right? We're all saying, God, we have certain things that are within, deep within our heart. Maybe we haven't even vocalized. I think Dave is going out on this amazing trip around Spain, right? He's living it out. He's taking a step out of, in faith. The Japan team, wow, amazing things. And every day in our everyday lives with our family, what are our dreams? 
What are the things you really care about that you're praying about, that you're challenged, that Jason Carioca, you're so scared of, you don't even know if you want to tell your friends. But they're there, and you're praying, and you care about it. And you're wondering, maybe questions are like, what profession should I pursue? Maybe where should I live? Right? Vanessa and I, we want to own a home one day. That would be awesome, Lord. Will you, is that in your plan for us? Who should I marry? That's a big question for all of you guys, especially singles. Like you're thinking, you know, wow, that, am I going to get married? Lord, is, are you going to provide that perfect person for me? Lord, what do you want to do? Oh, you guys, sorry, laughing, right? Giggling. So, okay. Oh, I don't know, maybe. I'm not, <laughs> Who should I marry? <laughs> sorry, I'm being a troublemaker. Who should I marry? They're single, they're single. Okay. Like, uh, maybe, what, what, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? You know, trusting and obeying God is something that we have to learn how to do. It's like a muscle, muscles that we have to learn how to use. But it isn't easy, right? It's, it's so hard. And it's God's way of growing us. God's way of making us more like Jesus. It's God's way of bringing us deeper into a relationship with himself. Do you trust and obey God when he wants you to do something, when he's called you to do something, even if it's scary, those things that you're praying about? Do you trust? Ask yourself that question. Do I trust and obey God? Well, today we're going to learn about how to do that from the book of Genesis chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can open it up. Story of Isaac and Rebekah. Very cool story. But the weird part about it is Isaac's not hardly even in it till the end. It's really more of a story of a servant of Abraham and Rebecca and their trust and obedience. I'm going to start with chapter 24, verse 1. Abraham was now old, very old, excuse me, was now very old and well advanced in years. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all he had, notice that, this chief servant was in charge of everything he had. Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife from, for my son, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughter of the Canaanites, among whom, I, among whom I'm living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. So he had his chief servant swear an oath, right? It's kind of weird, put his hand under his thigh. We don't do that kind of stuff anymore, okay? <laughs> That's a cultural thing. Thank goodness. Thank you, Lord. You know, but he sent his servant to go find a wife for him, right? Amongst where he grew up. All right? He doesn't want one from the Canaanites. He worshiped other gods. Okay? So he wanted his promised son. This is like prized possession, right? His one and only son. Remember how faithful Abraham was? How he trusted and obeyed God? This was what Pastor Mark preached a few weeks back. So his one and only son, Isaac, his promised son, excuse me, Isaac, and he chose his highest-ranking servant to go on a mission. The mission was to go back to the hometown, find a wife from his family clan. Verse 5, the servant asked him, What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me from, to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure... You do not take my son back there. Abraham was like really adamant about that. The Lord said, The Lord, the God of heaven, 
who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send an angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. He repeated it, right? So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. So the servant asked a great question. What was the question he asked? What if she doesn't want to come back with me? What, what do I do? Abraham told him, what? Don't worry about him. He'd be released from that oath. But his mission would be successful. Abraham had faith, right? He trusted. Abraham trusted that God would lead him in the right path on his mission. Don't worry. It's going to be successful. And that leads us to point number one. You can write it in your bulletin. Number one, trust that God is leading you. Do you trust that God is leading you? What has called God called you to do? Ask yourself that question. What is the mission he has given you? What step of faith is God asking you to take? And if you don't, are not a little scared, then maybe it isn't big enough. Maybe the Lord isn't, you're not hearing, Lord, God wants you to do something important. God wants you to do something that's meaningful, a little bit scary. And a lot of times you have that, ooh, queasy feeling in your stomach. What has God called you to do? And if you don't know, then you've got to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? Lord, what, what do you want me to do? Sometimes, you know, we can be tempted to believe God isn't there. He's not answering my prayers. I'm just going to be out there taking a step of faith on my own. God's not leading me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not in yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him or submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do you want to be walking God's straight path? Or do you want to be going off into a direction that three years from now you're going to have to come back through so much heartache and trials and hardship? Isn't it better just to walk that straight and narrow path with Jesus? Because that's the one that brings life. That's the one that you're going to find your destiny that he's called you to. Right? God has a plan and he will lead you down the right path. But the trick is to trust him. Do you trust the Lord? Are we trusting the Lord together as a church? Verse 10, then the servant left. Okay, so he started his journey, taking with him 10 of his master's camels, loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharim and made his way to the town of Nahor. He had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was toward evening, the time the women would go out to draw water. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. And show, me, show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be when I say to a young woman, Please let down your jar, that I may have a drink. And she says, Drink, and I'll water your, water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. You can write there number two, point number two. Pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers, specific prayers. You know, wouldn't it be um, an interesting way of finding a wife, those who, of you who are single? 
right? You just go someplace and just pray a very specific prayer. Why not? The Lord can do it. You just saw he's doing it right here in the scripture. And, you know, um, God so many times, he responds to these specific, these bold, big prayers. And nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too small for God for you to be praying about. You can ask him anything. You can be totally honest with him and be bold. So, Women, if you're looking for a husband, six foot two, tall, dark, and handsome, just tell God that. God hears you. He knows. Women, men, you know, you can do the same thing. God, he's, he knows. That I have a friend, Pastor Mike Kai, Inspired Church. You know, he said, oh, I always was specific with God. And God gave him the exact wife that he was praying for. It's amazing, you know. Just be bold. Be specific. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Jesus said, Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. You never know unless you ask, right? The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. God is saying, just go ahead and ask. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K. You can remember it that way, right? Ask, seek, knock. God is always going to come through for you. See, the servant wanted to find the best girl, right? Was he looking for any girl? For Isaac? No, he's looking for the best girl for his master's son, right? And he came up with this good idea. I'm going to find a girl who's going to give me a drink of water. But not only that, she's going to fill up 10 camels of water at the spring. Whoo! That's a tough ask. That's a tough prayer. That's a bold prayer, right? And... When you ask God boldly, when you pray with boldness, it's a reflection of your faith in who God is. Are your prayers too small? Then maybe you're making God this big. But if you have big, grand prayers, right? Like Jared is going to go off to the big island and God is going to do something awesome. Otherwise, why would he be moving? God is going to blow it up, his ministry and his influence, and he's going to reach people on the big island and who knows, to so many nations, right, with their family. And God, they're praying big prayers. Pray big, bold prayers. Starting verse, picking up in verse 15. Before he had finished praying, Rebekah came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful. A virgin, no man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, you could just picture him running up to meet her. Oh, okay, I've got to talk to her. And he said, please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. You can picture it, right? Verse 19. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too. Wow. Until they had, had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough ran back to the well to draw more water and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring, weighing a becca and two gold bracelets, weighing ten shekels. So they figured the amount of water it would have taken <laughs> to fill water ten camels was like hundreds of gallons of water, okay? This is ridiculous. 
She's doing this for hours, and it was already evening, okay? She's working hard. So when I think of Rebecca, I'm thinking of a beautiful woman, says a beautiful, but I'm thinking she was probably buff too, okay? <laughs> she had to walk down in the spring probably, pull out the water, okay? Psh, oh, like 50 times, 100 times, I don't know how many times, okay? But that was a lot of water, okay? And you get to see her heart. More than her muscles, you notice that she had a servant heart. And who would do this for a complete stranger, right? The servant prayed a bold prayer for God's best, and God answered with his best, right? God came through with Rebecca. Point number three, God will answer because he is faithful, God is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Does it say the one who calls you is faithful, and he might do it? I don't know. If you're good enough? No. The one who calls you is faithful. Not you. We're faithless a lot of times. But when we depend on Him, when we learn to trust Him and obey Him, wow, God always proves Himself faithful. So don't believe God doesn't care about your life. You might be praying for something. Getting real bold, getting real specific. And God, He could say yes. He could say no. It might be a not now. Just try wait. Right? But whenever God calls you to something, whenever He gives you a mission, like He did for this servant, He's going to provide everything you need to make that mission a success. Do you really believe that, church? Do we really believe he's going to give us everything? Or are we going to, somewhere in the back of our mind, we're thinking he's going to leave us high and dry. No, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Are you waiting on an answer from God? I won't make you raise your hand. Are you praying about something and you're waiting for that answer? You're wondering, what is God going to do? I would say if that's you, thank him right now. Just thank him in advance, right where you're at. Just throughout the day, thank him. Say, it hasn't happened yet, God, but I thank you because I already know you're faithful. I'm going to thank you in advance. And then when he answers, because he will answer, give him the glory. Verse 23, watch what happens. Then he asked, Oh, whose daughter are you? Please tell me there is plenty of room in your father's house for us to spend the night. Right? Like, Wow. She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, born to Nohor. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. The man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. Wow, he actually ended up in Abraham's relative's home. Right? The young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms, and had heard Rebecca tell what the man had said to her, he went out to the man, found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you are, who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels, and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him, and he said, 
I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. And I love what he says. Laban said, then tell us. So the servant tells Rebekah's family about the mission that he had been sent on by his master Abraham. How he was looking for a wife for Isaac. And how he had prayed at the spring, right? And how before he had even finished praying, the Bible says, this beautiful girl, Rebekah, comes up. And she answered it specifically. Gave him a drink, gave all his camels water. Now we pick up in verse 49. Now the servant would like an answer from the family, from Rebekah. What will she do? Will she agree to be Isaac's wife? Now, verse 49. We're skipping some verses to verse 49. Now, if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me, so I may know which way to turn. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebekah. Take her and go. And let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed See, they're, they're sensing, they know this is from the Lord. That's trusting and obeying right there on behalf of the family, right? Verse 52, when Abraham's servant heard what they had said, he bowed down be- to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing, gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, getting cold feet now, right? Let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so. Then you can go. And we know later on, we see the pattern here developing, right? So, verse 56. But the servant said to them, do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, Send me on my way so I may go to my master. Then they said, let's call the young woman. That's a good idea. Let's ask Rebecca about it, right? Come on, shouldn't she have a say in this? And ask her about it. But I think at the time, culturally, it was like, that's a big deal that it was put in here. Verse 58, so they called Rebecca and asked her, Rebecca, what do you think? Will you go with this man? I will go, she said. I will go. They asked her if she, what she wanted to do, and she said, I'm all in. She just met this servant. A servant. She heard his testimony and said, I don't know all of it. I don't know the whole story, but I know enough to know that God is at work. I know God is leading me, and that's the path I have to walk. I can trust God. I can obey God. And that leads to point number four. You can write in your notes. Obedience is radical. Obedience is radical. Radical obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. A teacher for my wife, for Vanessa, when she was learning the Bible and getting really serious, walking with the Lord, said, obedience is always complete and done right away. It's always done right away. It's always complete. It isn't obedience if it's delayed it isn't obedience if it's done halfway. 
That's not obedience. Obedience is always radical. The servant was all in, right? He obeyed his master and he left on the mission and he was praying big prayers and he was getting big answers. Rebecca, she was all in. She obeyed. She gave the servant a drink. Well, on top of that, she watered all his camels. When she was asked if she was going to go or not, she said, I'm in. Here am I, Lord. Send me. And all of us, we all have an opportunity to trust and obey the Lord today. We all have an opportunity right now to obey the Lord, what He's calling us to do. But the question is, what has the Lord called you to do? And once you know what that is, don't wait on it. Don't do it halfway. Right? Be radical in your obedience for Jesus and say, God, I'm all in. Let's do this. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I will do anything for you. Are you able to say that to Jesus? Jesus. I'll do anything for you. I really mean it. Anything. What do you want me to do? Watch as you ask that and you pray that prayer, how God will move powerfully in you and he'll use you and work through you as you step out in obedience. Verse 59, look at how the Lord blessed Rebekah through her, her obedience. Verse 59, so they sent their sister, Rebecca, on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. She's off. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. So they blessed her. They blessed her. She was blessed by the family, but she was blessed by God. The promises of blessing of descendants that was given to Abraham was now hers. Do you remember how God had blessed Abraham? Talking about his descendants. She was personally now caught up in the plan of God to rescue the world from its sin. Isn't that awesome? It became hers. It was transferred to hers. That leads us to our last point. Number five, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed, why? To keep it to yourself so that you can be so awesome and have such a great life and have no problems. No, just the opposite. You are blessed by God to be a blessing to others. Remember the promise of blessing God gave to Abraham through Genesis. Chapter 22, verse 15 this is the promise of God to Abraham. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, Isaac, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Does that sound familiar? Remember Rebecca's family prayed. They said, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands, numerous as stars in the sky, sand in the sea, on the seashore. May your offspring possess the cities of their enemies. It's the same prayer, isn't it? Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, 
All nations on earth will be blessed. Why? Because you have obeyed me. Genesis 22, verse 18. I love that. That's such a key verse. All the nations on the earth will be blessed. Why? Because of obedience. Obedience was the key. The promise of blessing, of descendants, and victory over your enemies. They were all passed on to Rebecca. Why? Because of her obedience. <clears throat> Rebecca was blessed to be a blessing. And through her, Jacob was born. Remember Jacob and Esau. We're going to come to that. Jacob was born. And eventually, through her family lineage, Jesus Christ would be born. Why? Because of her obedience. A simple girl who was so beautiful, so strong, so willing to trust God, so willing to obey. Eventually, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, will be born through her. And here's the coolest part. It doesn't end with Rebecca. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Rebecca's in Jesus' family tree. Got it. He came to her. That's good. But the best part is, we are included in that family tree. We are one of those descendants. We are like that promise to Abraham. He talked about the stars in the sky or descendants being as numerous as the sand on the shore. We are one of those stars in the sky, people. We're one of those sands on the shore. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because of what he has done for us, how is it realized in your life? By trusting and obeying God. Simply trusting and obeying God. So you might be somebody here, you didn't start off on the right path and you're going down the wrong path, but God is going to bring you back to that straight and narrow path today. It's not how you start that's important. It's how you finish. And for me, the best kind of endings is the best kind of movies are the ones who have are the ones that have happy endings, right? I like happy endings. I'm a happy ending movie guy. I don't like the sad ones, okay? Verse 61. Check out this ending. This happy ending. Finishing up our story. Then Rebecca and her attendants got ready and mounted the camels and went back with the man so the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahai Roy. Yes, beer is in the Bible. <laughs> he come from Beer Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. And he went out to the field one evening to meditate and pray. And as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah. Picture it in your mind. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He's my master. The servant answered. She took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death what an awesome ending isn't it you know somebody should actually make a movie about this this could be a winner 
Somebody get a screenplay going. This is a good one. Okay? The camels, imagine it, the camels in the distance, right? At the end, this is the last scene. And he's out there coming back from his beer, Lahai Roy. And he's, whoa, all those camels, right? And she's on the camel and she's like seeing him in the distance. And she can just tell like, who's that? Hey, who's that? I hope that's him. Right? And she gets off the camel and they meet and they just get married. And I could just imagine Isaac telling the servant, Good job, man. Good job. Dad, give this guy a raise. Like, he is awesome. Right? Gives him like a fist bump every time he sees him. Yeah, man, I owe you. Okay? They get married and it's just an awesome love story with a great ending. But it's really a story more than anything else. I really believe this, a story of trust and obedience and the blessing that comes through that. But the story is not complete if not told with the story of Jesus. Because the story of Jesus Christ is the best love story ever told. Amen? If you think about it, it's the best love story. Jesus loved us so much that he obeyed his father And he came to earth on his mission. His father gave him, and the mission was to come and to die for the sins of the world. Come to die on a lonely cross. Philippians 2 verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus loves you so much that he died in your place on the cross for your sin. And if that doesn't sound like a happy ending, don't worry. And a lot of times people get that confused. Oh, such a drag. Like what kind of sad religion is that? Jesus dying. But when you see the love that is behind it, why he died for us. And then three days later, he was raised from the dead. He conquered sin, he conquered death, he conquered the devil. And when we simply say yes to Jesus, yes Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm just going to simply trust and obey you. I'm just going to simply give my life to you. Because I know how much you love me. God loves you so much. He wants you to be caught up in this awesome love story. And he wants to use you to be a blessing to others. Amen? Why don't we go ahead and just stand up now. We're going to close in prayer. And we can have the worship team come on up. And maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're saying, you know what? God, I don't know what you're calling me to do. I've never even considered asking, is there anything for me to do? Well, last couple of weeks, we know that God sends us as missionaries out. And we're sending out missionaries to Japan. We're sending out missionaries, uh, sending out Dave to Spain and Alaska, Thailand, all over the place. Cambodia, Vietnam. But you know what? The Lord is saying, he's asking you, do you know, number one, yes, I'm a missionary too. 
Wherever I work, wherever I live, wherever I am, Lord. But there's also something special the Lord is saying, you know what? I've given you special gifts, special talents, a special mission he's sending you on. What is it? May the Lord give us these creative ideas. May the Holy Spirit download it. And remember, it's not just an easy little thing that we can do in our sleep. Oh yeah, I'm just going to go to Long's and pick up the stuff to do it and then I'll do it and it'll be done. No, this is going to take everything that you have. Every fiber of your body, you've got to learn to trust and obey as you step out for Him to do something amazing because God's going to use you to do that. Amen? Be blessed to be a blessing. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord God, we ask, Lord, that you would rise up in us, Lord, that you would give us faith to believe, Lord, that you can do all things, Lord, that you didn't save us just to sit around and uh, just pray small prayers and kind of have our dreams squashed, but Lord, that you would go ahead and say, ask. Ask me. I'm your loving Father. Just ask. Pray big prayers. Pray bold prayers. And Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, give us enough faith. Give us enough trust. Give us the ability to obey you in those hard times. And if there's anybody here, Lord, that has not received you, has never said yes to you, that they would right now say, I want to be part of the best love story ever. Say, I'm sorry. Just tell Jesus in your own words, in your heart, I'm sorry for my sin that put you there on the cross. Thank you for going on your mission and obeying the Father and taking my place, dying there on the cross. Thank you that you were raised from the dead three days later, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering the devil, and giving me the straight path to walk. Holy Spirit, come and fill my life that I would have the strength, the trust, the obedience to follow you every day of my life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.